Pharisee, I preach the gospel I follow the apostles, you follow Pentecostals You're not reformed, so that's a risk I believe the five points like an asterisk I repent, but you're in sin still I spit rhymes and Fernando does a windmill well, Here we go, and welcome to another episode of SolarCast It's your boy, Pastor Chris Hernandez, and I'm with my man Jimmy Delosan. Hey, yo, what's going on, Jimmy? How you doing, Pastor Chris? Good, man. Good, just uh, recording uh, live again, once again. I mean, well, you know, not face-to-face, yeah, <laughs> not live. <laughs> In person. Yeah. yeah One day we'll go live. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is a, actually a little strange, man. We, we always have to remember how to do this when we have to, because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's been a while since we used it live and in person yeah full disclosure so usually me and jimmy record from each other's homes through the internet but then when we get together we have to record through you know the software and again like jimmy said we always forget how to use the software <laughs> but then we start back up again yeah it's, it's so funny. it takes us like 30 minutes to get started yeah, yeah it reminds me of things that i got to do at work when i when i only have to do it on a, on a quarterly basis i got a report i got to do every three months and yeah. man, I always forget how to do that. I should write it down somewhere. <laughs> and so when I go do it, I remember exactly what I'm supposed to do. But it's it's funny how one of those uh, one of those things is you know a process that we got to go through, right? And we don't know when we're going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should write it down. We always think like that. But it's 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 cool, man. How's 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 it been, man? It's been good, man. Good. Just just busy at the church, man. A lot of things going on and yeah. you know, a lot of exciting things happening. So yeah. Uh just uh stuff to keep in prayer, right? Yeah. 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 And the weather's been good, right? Yeah. So yeah. lately it's it's starting to it's starting to feel a little like uh it's gonna be springtime here pretty soon and uh, yeah. all the chill is going away. Last week it was cold and now it's getting it up into the seventies and uh, Dallas, Texas is starting to feel like it should. Um, but, but you can't trust it, man. Yeah, you, know, you can't. You can't. You know, it feels like it should, but then we're going to get like a, you know, 30 degree uh, day in March. <laughs> we usually do, During don't we? During spring break. We yeah. usually do, don't we? I mean, it's it's kind of strange, but I tell you, the last few days have felt pretty good. We had men's breakfast uh, yesterday morning, which is, yeah, that was cool. you know, it's something that we do. And we actually ate uh, at a Cafe Brazil in the Oak Cliff area and um, sat out on the patio, man, and had breakfast. It was really good. I just, you know, the other day I uh, I met a buddy of mine over on Jefferson and Oak Cliff here in Dallas, and you know it's kind of close to where I grew up, where you grew up too. And I was sitting, I was, I was waiting for him to, to to join me, man. It was a coffee shop on Jefferson. I was waiting for him to join me. I just, I was just sitting there looking around and just thinking how much things have changed, man. Yeah. You know, since when I was little. Yeah. And I'm sure you know people listening out there, you know, especially in America, it's happening. From what I hear, it's happening to every city. You know that gentrification, where like you know the hood is now the the place to live you know it's upscale it's uptown now you know yeah yeah, yeah. you see it, it's it's getting a little fancy yeah uh, their cafe Brazil where it's at when I grew up that yeah. was a rough part of town exactly yeah <laughs> I'm sitting here going wow things have changed and you know it's it's funny because uh as I was growing up I just wanted to get out of Oak Cliff yeah and not go back right right and now I look back at it and I think Wow, this wouldn't yeah. be bad to come back to. It's funny you say that because I, I still feel the same way, man. Because like growing up, you know, uh, you know, just growing up in Oak Cliff, and me, when me and my wife started dating, you know, we wanted to get out, you know. So everywhere we went, it was out of Oak Cliff. And then now that all these these nice restaurants and you know, nice places to hang out are there, I still kind of have that mentality of like, man, I don't know if I want to go there. You know what I mean? Because I still know what it was. Yeah. So I like rather go somewhere else. But then I, I still, I get a little nostalgic with some of this stuff that I see in there. Yeah. Like I told you about when I left Cafe Brazil the other day, I drove by the very first job that I had here in Dallas, Texas was at a little grocery store called Hodges Grocery. 
that was right there. And now it's a, now it's a restaurant. It's a yeah. marisco seafood restaurant. And I thought um, it was really interesting to see the change in it. But uh, I remember having to go there for work and a uh, little six aisle grocery store, man. <laughs> little, little nothing grocery store. But that's what, that's the first job I had in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, and man. So, the times are there changing. Yeah, they are. For good or bad, I guess, man. I guess depending yeah. on, on who you are, right? I mean, yeah. if, you, if it forces you to move out and you ain't got nowhere to go, that's not a good thing. But if you can sell your house because the property value has gone up, make some good money off it, I guess that's good. So you're talking about as they as the gentrification moves, right, moves right. across Oak Cliff. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the battle that we're having with the community center that we're yeah. at, right? Yeah. Right now. Same so thing. Yeah. It's kind of the, right on the edge. Um Trinity Groves is right by the the community center, right? And uh, so the really nice spots to eat and stuff, right close to where we go to church and where right. we have our services. And so it, it's interesting to see the neighborhood there wanting to hold back that gentrification yeah. and say, "This is where we live. This is these are our homes. We don't want to give these things up." So I can feel for them, uh, but I also think, man, they're they're making it nice, a place that I didn't used to think was so nice. Right? They're making it nice. So there's a transformation happening and. I don't know how to feel about it, man. I, I just wanted to leave Oak Cliff. Yeah. And then uh, this makes me actually want to go and check go out. Go back. Yeah. Well, well, my brother went back, man. My brother just got a light, nice little apartment over there. Did he Jefferson. really? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But anyway, man, uh, to the topic of the day, I guess it's the topic of the season <laughs> right now, right? So, yeah. um, you know, this was kind of your idea again. You know, you wanted to maybe talk about this because it's kind of uh, in the forefront of a lot of Christians right now during this season to talk about uh, the issue of Lent. Growing up, for me anyway, Jimmy, uh, mostly Catholics participated in, um, yeah. and now you're starting to see uh, a lot of Protestants participate in Lent as well. You know, there's a lot of stuff on the internet, man, going back and forth, which I'm sure many of our listeners have already, you know, kind of seen, but we thought we'd take a, just a time to, to talk about it ourselves and give our thoughts on it. I'm sure, I mean, again, a lot of people have been giving their thoughts on it, but we wanted to give ours, especially since, you know, we probably got some listeners that are a little confused about the whole thing. Yeah. So that's what we wanted to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about today, the subject of Lent. So like we always do, Jim, let's start with some definitions. What do you got for me? What is what is Lent? Well, Lent is a period of forty days before Easter, in which it's on the you know, it's on the Christian calendar. Uh, it begins on what they call Ash Wednesday, and it goes through forty six days actually, not including the weekends. So forty days of a period of abstinence, mm-hmm. fasting, sacrifice, sacrifice, mm-hmm. some kind of thing. It starts with Ash Wednesday, it goes through uh, to Good Friday, and then uh, and then we have the resurrection. It's supposed to be a time of preparation. Uh, for the celebration of Easter. The definition that I found says that by observing the 40 days of Lent, Christians replicate Jesus Christ's sacrifice and withdrawal into the desert for 40 days, which is interesting to me because, you know, if I give up coffee for 40 days, it doesn't seem like I'm in the desert <laughs> for 40 days right. like uh, like Jesus was. So uh, that, that definition was interesting, you know, and when I was growing up, I didn't really come across Lent. Right. You, you're, you're saying that, and now I do realize that it's a, you know, it's mostly a Catholic thing, but there are some Protestant denominations out there that practice it, and it is creeping into the evangelical church uh, a little bit more. Um, I've seen it, you know, with some churches that we would that we would know, and they in our circles, even I think some Reformed guys maybe practicing Lent. Um, well. 
Yeah, yeah that was, we'll, we'll talk about that. You know, I, yeah. when I saw on the internet, there was yeah. some people that were talking about yeah. if it's good or if it's bad, and they can see it both ways. And so the the conversation's been interesting. Right, I know where I lean, and and that's just because I grew up in a church that was, you know, we talked about this before, charismatic. So I still have my my leanings of what what it should be. It wasn't something that was taught to me. And the more I study and the more I, I, I read it, we'll talk about more the way I lean on the subject as we get there. But that's the definition of Lent, the 40 right. days before Easter. And it's a, a time of self-sacrifice. Um, you know, when I first heard of Lent, I thought, hey, he lent me a, a dollar. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, hey, that is a... Right. I didn't really get what it was at, at first, but... I'm a little more studied on it now, and I, you know, I, I do have my opinions about what it is. I do right. think I do think there's something that we we should talk about when it comes to because I think it comes in four parts. Uh, as I was doing my studies, and I think our listeners might be a little surprised to know that I'm going to include Mardi Gras in that um, because Mardi Gras is always the day before Ash Wednesday. Oh, is it's, that why you were out of town last week? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they had a little... They had a little you soul. said you were going to New Orleans for business, bro. No, I did no, not. No, no, no. <laughs> There's nothing to do uh, from my business in New Orleans. <laughs> but Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, which is French for Fat Tuesday, right, is is the day before Ash Wednesday every year. This, they actually, at my job, they had like a cook-off thing, right, where they where they where people came and brought their, their Mardi Gras dishes, uh, but I, I went and studied a little bit about what Mardi Gras is, and it, it originally started as something called Carnival, and Carnival in the Carne Vale in Italian. So originally, at the at the beginning of of Lent, when they knew they were going to have to fast from meats, which is a big part of Lent, uh, they give up the meat, um, and I think that's only on Fridays, right? But neither here nor there. It's only on Fridays, yeah. It's, it's only on Fridays. So they give up meat. But I think... You can eat fish. Yeah. Yeah. But I think back then, when it first started, it was all meats. So they found that the Tuesday before that Wednesday, they were going to cook everything that they had. Mm-hmm. So that nothing would go bad. So they would take all the meats and all the eggs and all these different things and all these cakes. And they would they would cook it up and make a feast out of it. And so they would indulge the day before... Ash Wednesday. And I found it interesting that they would call it carnival because even where it's, you might find this a little funny, but this is just my opinion. When I look at carne, which means flesh Hmm. in English, carne is Spanish word for flesh. It is a fleshly thing, right? To indulge the way that that is. In fact, look at what Mardi Gras has become. Just look at what New Orleans represents when it comes to Mardi Gras. All the beads and all the debauchery. Debauchery. That goes on there, uh, and they're all doing it. Let's get it all in mm-hmm. before Ash Wednesday. Let me get all my sinning done <laughs> before I have to stop. Right, right. And it's just it's just one of those one of those things. I was telling you about this earlier, and I, I think it's funny. Our listeners might might think this is funny, but I'm doing a, a little program called Whole Thirty right now, where I'm I'm trying to find out what sugar does to my body, and uh, it's it's been a really interesting journey. I'm only on day thirteen. But I do, I do, you know, as I read through the book about how to do this Whole30 program, I found that you should plan ahead, right? Get your pantry ready, get your kitchen ready, buy the things that they're asking you to buy, and then uh, all the foods that they're asking you to buy, and then set a date when you're going to start. Don't start just as soon as you get the book, but plan it out. And so that's what I did. I planned for a day I was going to start. I put it on the calendar, 
And um, it was the day after President's Day, which was, what, about a week, a little over a week ago, or maybe almost two weeks ago. Um, I don't celebrate President's Day, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It was definitely a Tuesday. I don't celebrate pagan holiday. (laughs) (laughs) But on that Monday, that President's Day, let me get all this food taken care of. Let me eat as much as I can. It's it's one of those things. It's funny because I don't want to get rid of the food that I had that that was not good for me. So I had a day of indulgence like that. And I think of it kind of in the same way. Right. You know, I'm I'm glad I'm doing the Whole30. It's helping me out. But I do realize and I kind of correlate that Mardi Gras thing with that day before I started Whole30. Right. So it's interesting to me how Mardi Gras plays into into Lent. Right. And yeah. just a, just a couple more things to add about, you know, the 40-day significance. So a lot of people that that are for Lent or that, you know, uh, are proponents of Lent, you know, they, they would talk about this 40 days and they, they get it from the Word of God. They would say it's scriptural. It has scriptural precedence because we see that 40 days has significance in the Word of God. The the flood which destroyed the earth in Genesis was for 40 days and nights of rain. Uh, the Hebrews spent 40 years in the wilderness before reaching the promised land. Moses fasted for 40 days before receiving the Ten Commandments. Jesus, again, like you said, spent 40 days fasting in the wilderness. So yeah, Scripture does have a lot of uh, significance to the 40 days, so that's where people tie it in. Also, you know, the the old English word for Lent uh, is lengthen, which yeah. Lent is observed during the spring when the days begin to get longer. I thought that, yeah. was, that was pretty interesting yeah. as well. But like, like you mentioned, one thing that you did mention uh, that, that kicks off Lent is this Ash Wednesday. So let's talk about that a little bit because I think that um, you know, we've seen that, you know, a lot of us that, that have gone to work or maybe even school when we're younger, we've seen that. And if we're not, you know, familiar with that, it's kind of strange seeing somebody walk in the office with, with ashes on their forehead, yeah. right? It's kind of a yeah. weird thing if you don't know what that, what that is. So so what exactly are they doing when we talk about Ash, Ash Wednesday? They're bringing, they're bringing attention to themselves. I'm just kidding. Yeah. You know what? Uh, this is, this is uh, I, I say that people are going to get in an uproar when I, when I say something like that. But I, I will say this. The first time I saw somebody with ashes, I hey, can I help you with that? <laughs> right. I mean, I wanted to clean their, their forehead off for them. But I, then, uh, you know, when I realized this was their religious observance, and while, while I feel like we got to be respectful of what they believe, I also look at it from a biblical perspective, from my from my own. And so Ash, what they do on Ash Wednesday is they go and they, they go to a mass, and uh, basically they take the ashes uh, from... From the Palm Sunday the year before, yeah. and they burn those. That's where they get the ashes. And there's a rite, a little ritual that they do as they go through the Mass, which, of course, I feel like the Mass a lot of times can be ritualistic in that way. Uh, and I'm not I'm not saying all rituals are wrong. I think we're ritualistic in some of the things we do. But yeah. if it's biblical, it's biblical. If it's not, it's not. And so the ashes, I don't see anywhere in the Bible. But what they do is they take, the, a priest will take the ashes, and he will put a cross on the forehead of someone that's uh, committing to the 40 days of fasting. Uh, so that's what Ash Wednesday is all about. Uh, at, you know, this last week I was looking for more people, but I only saw one the whole day, and that was at the, at the gym. Really? So I went yeah. to the gym, and I, I saw this girl walking around with a cross on her forehead. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, I, to be honest with you, I was like, okay, so there's one person with um, with the ashes. I knew what it was all about. And, at that point, and you know what, it was funny because I didn't realize that um, it was Ash Wednesday. And to be honest, this week I, is when I found out how Mardi Gras and Lent, Lent were connected. Right. So uh, I didn't think anything of Mardi Gras until somebody started talking to me about Ash Wednesday being the next day and asking me, this was at work, somebody asked me, hey, what do you think of Ash Wednesday? 
Right. And I was like, oh, that's tomorrow. Really? Okay. And then I, I got to, to thinking about it. That's when I that's when I texted you and told you, hey, let's do one because we had a subject that we we're already going to talk about, uh, which we held off for another week. But um, we decided that we're we're going to do this Ash Wednesday Lent thing. And so to think that someone would put that on their forehead so so that you could see, hey, I'm committing to doing this for the right. next. Uh, my question really would always be, why? Mm-hmm. Are you wanting people to know that you're going to, and so that they can hold you accountable? That would be one thing, right? Um, hey, I'm putting this ash on my forehead so that you can see that I'm committed to doing Lent for the next 40 days. Will you hold me accountable? Uh, but I, I, I tell you what, the one place that in scripture that I would go about this is, is Matthew 6, uh, verse 16. And uh, this is what it says. And when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will, will reward you. Now I say that, Matthew, Matthew 6 um it starts with talking about practicing your righteousness before others, right. uh, and it starts. It's, it, it talks about praying in public, and and uh, it, it goes to this place of, of piousness. And you know what, what we would even call today, and we've said this pro- probably on the podcast before, is virtue signaling, <laughs> right? And we could call it that. I don't want to put that on every person that does Ash Wednesday, right? But I I would say that it's kind of strange that someone that would, yeah. who Otherwise, you wouldn't think was a religious person at all. Right. Right. And I've seen those people. I've seen those people that, you know, 364 days out of the year, I have no clue that they're any kind of religious person at all. And here comes Ash Wednesday and I see a cross on their forehead. Yeah. No, no, I completely agree. I mean, I don't see how you can marry the two uh, together I mean, with that scripture you just read and, and Ash Wednesday because that's that's exactly what it is. It's saying, well, look what I'm doing. Look at the sacrifice that I'm about to make and so forth. And again, uh, people do it out of tradition. You know, I'm sure that each individual is not doing it to say, look at me. They're just doing it because this is what they were taught. Yeah. But when we say that, we say, where did it come from? Right. What were the what was the purpose of, of Ash Wednesday and putting ashes on your forehead? Was it to to show everybody that look, this is what I'm doing or, or to show the church that, hey, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm sacrificing like everywhere else where, you know, we shouldn't really be showing that to anybody. That 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 is up to you and God. Right. When we talk about our, uh, our reverence, our service, our fasting. But let, let's go. Let's go here, Jimmy, because I think when we talk about Lent, you, you can land on, on, on a few different sides. And I've seen what I've seen a lot in the last few years is I've seen a lot of guys on the reform aisle say something like a joke like, you know, what are you giving up for lit? Oh, I'm giving up Papist traditions. Right. So <laughs> so there's a lot of guys that as soon as they hear about Lent or anybody observing Lent, they're just going to say, you know, that that smells of Rome, that that's from uh, the Pope. That's, that's Roman Catholicism. We are uh, we've broken away from that. We're Protestants. We're not Catholics. We have no business even being around uh uh, anything like that. So, you know, I think that's kind of when, when we get down to the matter, that's really what we wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, what yeah. what is what what is it that we should be doing as as believers, you know, as Protestant believers, as as confessional believers? Is this something that uh, a Protestant should be uh, practicing? And, and I'm going to I'm going to go out and say for me anyway, it depends. It depends on on what what is the reason why you're you're doing this? 
if you're doing it, if you're practicing lit to gain some type of, of merit, then then I would say no, don't do that. You know, merit is just the, the, the Catholic understanding that uh, you do some type of work to to receive an, a reward, right? Either a reward from, from the church or a reward from God. And I'm sure that most uh, Protestants that are going to practice it in a form of merit are, are maybe trying to seek something for God, like like a great exchange. Like if I do this, then then God, you're going to do this. And, and if you're doing it in that way, then I would say, no, you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that. We receive because Christ has given us freely. You know, grace is, is a free gift from God. Yeah. Uh, you know, our salvation is a free gift from God. There's nothing that we can do uh, more on our own to gain any more grace than we've already been given. Yeah. You know, we've been given all the grace that we need. We've been given all the mercy that we need. We've been given all the forgiveness that we need in Christ. And I think to do things like that, to do anything to obtain some type of merit or favor is really, it's a mockery of the cross. Because at the cross, Christ paid it all. And it was a high price that he paid for our forgiveness to give us the mercy and the grace that we need. Christ gave it of his life. And when he said it is finished, it is finished. There's nothing more for us to do to obtain any type of, of merit before God. And when you're doing things like this, you know, to obtain merit, then I would say, no, 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 don't, don't be doing anything like that. The Protestants or Christians, born again believers have no business uh, practicing Lent for merit. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And there's some things that you just said I want to back up just a little bit because when you said, hey, this is maybe what they learned as a tradition coming up. Uh, there's a lot of things that we and you and me grew up in charismatic churches that we learned growing up and we thought these things were the right things. And, and it's it's so good that God's word shows us the direction that we should go. And and I want to give grace to anybody that's, you know, in there in that tradition thinking this is the right thing. Or right. If, if, if the conviction that you get is maybe I shouldn't be uh, involved in Lent, go to the scriptures, see what the scriptures say. And, uh, about it because it, because that's that's important. What is your motivation? That's what you're talking about. Right. You're talking about what, what's your motive behind uh, doing the Lent thing? Now, here's here's a scripture I want to read that I think speaks to it because it's important. And this is from Isaiah chapter 1. And this is verses 10 through 15. I'm going to read this, but I'm going to read this with the desire that people listening would hear me and, and understand. What is going on here? I know is something that is going on with some people that do Lent. Now, listen to what the scriptures say. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations, they have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. And the reason I, I read that, I'm, I'm, again, I'm telling uh, the people that I hope that are listening that understand I, when we come with a vain offering to God, he doesn't appreciate that. <laughs> it isn't something that he looks at and says, uh, you know, hey, this is a good thing. I think the motivation behind Lent is important. And, and there's a couple of things when you were talking about um, 
we can see some things. You talked about the 40 days and the significance of the 40 days. They're significant with Ash, right? When we look at Ash Wednesday, we, we know that there's a significance there because a lot of the Old Testament is filled with places where uh, people repented in sackcloth and ashes, in dust and ashes. Uh, they would put dust on their head and they would repent. And so it's it's closely tied to repentance. And so I can see the correlation that some people would put and uh, to it and say, this is a religious thing because we're repenting and we're, we're, we're trying to get close through this fasting time. Now, I, this is where I get to the fasting part. Right. Because I've read in my research, some Reformed guys will say, hey, we don't even have to fast because Jesus did all the fasting for us. Hmm. Right. Now, I read that and I thought, is that true? Here's the, here's the thing. I don't think fasting is that bad because when I'm reading that scripture we just read in Matthew 6, it says, when you fast, right. as if that is a, you know, hey, this is something you should do. Maybe something we don't have to do, but something we should do, right? right? With the motive, get this, of nearing, getting nearer to God, coming closer to him, devoting ourselves to um uh, time with him time with the word i think i think one of the things that gets me is that i would give up something like coffee or 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 ice cream or something like that for 40 days as as this is going to be rough for me right that's to me that's a vain oblation because if it's sin it's sin we should get rid of it it shouldn't take the lenten the lenten season for you to realize you should repent of a sin and get away from it does that make sense right right so to me, that's that's kind of where I come from there. I, it, what's your motive? What's, what's the reason that you're doing it? Why why are you involved in it? And shouldn't repentance be an everyday kind of thing, uh, an introspective look at yourself to see where you are, uh, what you're doing, and how uh, you should be repenting on a, on a regular basis? Yeah. While you're touching on it there, uh, let me just uh, briefly read in, uh, what Calvin had to say about Lent here. He says, Then the superstition observance of Lent had everywhere prevailed, for both the vulgar imagined that they thereby performed some excellent service to God, and pastors commended it as a holy imitation of Christ, though it is plain that Christ did not fast to set an example to others, but by thus commencing the preaching of the gospel, meant to prove that his doctrine was not of man, but had come from heaven. And the reason I want to read that is because kind of touching on what you said, like some of the guys saying that, well, you know, Christ never... uh, commanded us to fast and he did all the fasting for us they may be getting it from from stuff like this like i just read where where, where calvin is saying well you know christ never commanded us to fast and he never even said that has his fast was to set an example however it also doesn't say that that he didn't he's not setting an example you know yeah uh you know here i would i would say yeah calvin is right but i don't think i think maybe people are reading too much into that you know too much into what what calvin is saying here that yeah. calvin is not saying that christ is not saying that we should that we shouldn't fast or we shouldn't be fasting again i think i think what you said uh, uh speaks perfectly to the to the matter christ said when you fast so there are going to be times when we fast, and again, we can we can spend another episode on fasting. We're not really right. here to talk about fasting, but but I wanted to to throw that in because just to kind of uh, 
uh, go with what you're saying, but also uh, continuing with this theme of, uh, of reasons why we shouldn't par- participate in Lent or a reason why someone, well, I would say someone shouldn't participate in Lent. Another reason, uh, the first reason was, would be, a good, again, if you're trying to gain any type of merit. Another reason would be if you're, if you're doing it just because, and this is kind of where, where, where I see a lot of people doing it, if you're doing it just because it's a fad or a trend. You know, and I think you had mentioned that recently a lot of churches have been starting to do that. From my perspective, anyway, I've seen it being done because, you know, somebody's favorite preacher kind of, you know, is promoting it or started it or this big church that's that's very popular started doing it. So you got all these other guys that want to be like their favorite preacher, you know, doing Lent. And they really, they, they have no history in it. They really don't know what they're doing. They, they hear it from, again, their favorite preacher saying that, oh, you should do this. And I actually sent you uh, that, that TGC article that we yeah. read earlier, right, that, that yeah. talked about how uh, Lent was uh, was kind of a, a good thing to be practicing and so forth. And and the guy that wrote that that post, he, I believe he was talking about mirroring John the Baptist, you know, in the wilderness and preparing the way for Christ and so forth. And and to be honest with you, like I told you earlier, I think there, there was just a lot of eisegesis in that in his whole argument. Yeah. You know, he was reading things into it that weren't there. Uh, we can't be doing that. We got to handle the word with care. Yeah. Uh, I think that was just like someone saying, you know what, I want to practice lit, and I'm going to go to the Word of God to, to back up my point. <laughs> you know, that's right. what it, what it was. Yeah, but it's not there. It's not there. It's the not there the, the command to practice Lent yeah. isn't in the scriptures. Right. And so it, where it started, we talked about this earlier, was somewhere around the, the Council of Nicaea, you said. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere around 327. Right. Uh, right. And went through the Middle Ages. Yeah. Here's what's funny. Earlier you were talking, and even the, the, the quote that you had with Calvin brings us back to the Reformers, right? Right. And so Zwingli did something when it came to Lent that, that uh, is kind of funny. To me, when I read it, yeah. it was kind of funny. They call it the affair of the sausages, <laughs> right? As a kind of a rebellious thing against Rome, right. the papacy, the Pope, uh, because really this is connected. Lent is connected a lot to yeah. the Roman Catholic yeah. Church. Yeah. So in 1522, Zwingli, uh, Ulrich Zwingli, one of the reformers, one of the big reformers, he attended a party given by a guy named Christoph Froschauer. He was a printer in the, uh, you know, in in his time, and Froschauer was actually arrested because of the, <laughs> the affair of the sausages. So on, I suppose there at the beginning of Lent they had a party and they went ahead and ate a bunch of sausages, yeah, yeah. and this was their way of being rebellious against the Catholic Church. But as Protestants, as our as we look at the reformers and how they began this Protestant movement, they pushed away from from all the Roman Catholic traditions. And said, "Hey, we're not going to do those things. Those aren't in Scripture." Right. And see, this is this is ultimately this is my thing, right? If it isn't in Scripture, why are we doing it? Right. Now, I, I get the arguments that people say, and I think fasting is a good thing. Uh, but again, I push back on the ashes on the forehead because I don't think you need to be doing that in public. Uh, I think that if you do it again with a with a motive for others to see or for checking off a box or to try to earn merit with God. Those those things are wrong things. Yeah. Uh, and, and just keeping with that theme that I was talking about, about people just going through the motions, doing it because your favorite preacher is doing it or because it's the trendy thing to do uh, in uh, in new Calvinism. And basically that's, that's where I see it most. And when I see Protestants doing it, 
Uh, that's why I kind of laughed earlier when you said a lot of reform guys are doing it. I don't really see it from a lot of you know the, the hardcore reform guys. Right. I see a few, uh, but where I see the most in, in Protestant circles, anyways, with the new Calvinist guys, the yeah. the guys that are that are not really reformed, but the, you know they're very Calvinistic. They hold to the the doctrines of grace and so forth. So I see it a lot with those guys. And uh, you know, again, it, it's a trendy thing to do. And when you're doing it there, it just reminds me of uh, uh, Matthew 15. Uh, when Christ says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching the doctrines, the commandments of men. And that's what we don't want to do. We, will, we don't want to do it. If you're saying, I'm going to do Lent because everybody else is doing it or because my favorite preacher is doing it, then you're doing it out of, out of vanity. You're doing it out of vain. Yeah. And that's something that, that simply God is going to reject. You know, that's not true worship. You're doing it because other people are doing it. And here's the third thing I would say, why not to do it or uh, the third reason I would say uh, not to do it is if your church is commanding you to do it or if your church is even I would say even if your church is, is promoting you to do it um, uh, because even if you're promoting it and you're saying well we're not commanding it you're you're kind of forcing your hand a little bit because who wants to go to a church where you're not the only one doing it and your church is putting out a guide a study guide on how to do it and you're saying well we're not forcing anybody but we're just put, putting out these study guides on how to do it you're basically forcing people to do it. I mean, because if you're not yeah. going to, you know, yeah. do your church's study guide, you're going to be, a, you know, an outsider or a loner or whatever. And, you you know, you're going to feel that, that pressure to do it. So I would say in this instance, uh, if your church is, you know, kind of forcing your hand and, you, you know, you're kind of reluctant to do it, but you're doing it because you want to be part of the church, I would say then don't do it. Uh, yeah. Because to me, and this is where we get to the, the regulative principle of worship, to me that, that it's a violation of, of the regulative principle when you're doing that. Because again, it, it, we don't see a command to worship uh, God in scripture this way. Let me just briefly go back to the uh, to the 1689 and read from uh, Religious Worship in the Sabbath Day, chapter 22, where it says, uh, but the acceptable way to worship the true God is instituted by him and it is delimited by his own revealed will thus he may not be worshipped according to human imagination or inventions or the suggestions of satan nor through any visible representations nor in any other way that is not prescribed in his holy scriptures so that's just kind of a short definition from the 1689 of the what we would call the regulative principle of worship. We've talked about that before. If you don't know what we mean, go back to the and look for our episode where we talked about the regulative principle of worship. Just simply put, we worship God the way that he has prescribed for us in scripture. And again, we don't see any New Testament commands for us to be worshiping God uh, through something called Lent. Right. So that's that's where I'm at anyway, Jimmy, when it comes to to people celebrating. If you're doing it for any of those reasons to earn merit because it's trendy or because you're being forced to do it by your church, I would say don't practice it. Right. Now, here's where I would come to the other side of it. And I don't think we've talked about it a lot, you know, so so this is kind of like going to be a fresh conversation between me and you. Here's where I would come on the other side of it. I can see someone doing it for the right reasons. You had mentioned earlier about uh, Whole30. And you, uh, you had mentioned that you know, in order for you to do Whole30, that you had to put it on your calendar and you had to make a commitment and say, I'm just going to do this right. because otherwise you're not just going to wake up out of bed and say, I'm going to do this. If yeah. someone was to say, you know, uh, you know, this is a good season for me to put this on my calendar, to, to, to take a time or a season in my, in my year to devote myself to, to being more intimate with God, to devote myself to some spiritual disciplines, uh, to, to devote myself to prayer, to devote myself to, to, to fasting and to reading of his word. And, and I'm not going to just wake up one day and do it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, seize on this opportunity 
uh, of these 40 days that we're leading up to uh, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, I'm going to seize on this opportunity and I'm going to join in, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to commit myself to doing it. I'm not doing it to earn merit. I'm not doing it because it's a fad. I'm not doing it because uh, my church is commanding or demanding me to do it. I'm doing it because I'm going to seize on this opportunity to mark it on my calendar and mark off some time for me to get serious about some spiritual disciplines in my life. Yeah. If someone's doing that, then I, I, I would say, man, go for it. You know, spiritual discipline is a good thing we don't need less spiritual discipline we need more we need more people uh being committed to 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 his word and to to prayer to fasting and things like that so if someone comes to me and says this is the reason i'm doing it i'm not going to forbid him in any way yeah yeah so i i would hope with that and i'm going to use the whole 30 analogy again because i have seen benefit from this whole 30 thing that i'm doing and and i'm actually desiring to stay on it Right there's a reintroduction of some foods after 30 days, right. um, but for me I'm sitting there going why would I why would I reintroduce this stuff to my body that's actually you know I've got more energy I'm waking up rested I feel like I'm getting better sleep uh, these things are a surprise to me and, and what's happening with me uh, I would hope that anybody that's going through uh, this period of fasting and getting closer to God would would say you know what I want to continue past right. this 40 days. Right. Uh, then I would feel like it's real. But I, I, I'll be honest with you. I actually remember a witness encounter that I had on the streets uh, way back when. It was close to Easter. And I was talking to a man at a, at a, at a bus station. Uh, we got to talking. The guy, it turns out the guy was Catholic, right? And he was going, it was going through the Lent season. And he told me that he had given up drinking for Lent. And, uh, and it was pretty close to Good Friday. And he was saying... Man, I am ready for Good Friday to get here, right. <laughs> because he was ready to start drinking again. Right, right. And and if that's your thinking, right, as you're going through the Lenten season, you're thinking, man, I can't wait till this is over where I can get back to doing that thing. Well, there's an issue, right? Right. This isn't. It's a vain oblation. In my mind, I'm thinking there's there's something wrong here. Right now, in the spiritual disciplines, I I can't. When you were saying that. Um, if you're going through those spiritual disciplines and you're growing, right? I can't see how the Holy Spirit wouldn't work in that and make you desire for more of God's word, for more time with him, for, right. for going past these 40 days and continuing on that journey. If that's if that's the motivation, I'm with you, Pastor yeah. Chris. I'm, I'm with you. They, they should, right? My question is this. Why do we start on Ash Wednesday? Right. Why don't you just pick a day in July, right? I, you know what? Not even that, right? Start tomorrow. And this is one of those things that if you haven't been, you know, waking up in the morning with a desire to read God's word and, and, and to get into the spiritual disciplines, every day is a new day. His mercies are new every day. Right. So this is a this is a good thing to start even tomorrow. Yeah. Part of that for me saying that is because I, I think, you know, we we had a Christmas episode too where we talked about, you know, some people that, that have an issue with believers, with born again believers, uh, celebrating Christmas, and one of the things that that we pushed back on was that it's if it's an opportunity to seize the, the day to celebrate the birth of Christ, then then we're saying you know what's wrong with that, right? What's wrong with celebrating or, or taking the season to to remember the incarnation? And I think that's where I would go when when we when we see when when somebody comes at at me and says you know I'm going to participate in Lent for for these reasons uh, you know I'm not really going to be heavy handed and say you know what you know you need to break away the church calendar is is, is of the devil or whatever you know I think the church calendar could be good in, in in a way of of kind of just kind of reminding us you know that this is something that we need to be doing because you know we're we're very fleshly it's, it's easier for us to get off track and lose sight and the, the the church calendar you know I mean. 
people would say, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, celebrating Easter Sunday, right? Uh, because that's, you, I know you're celebrating the resurrection, but that's not something that we see in the Word of God. Uh, but we, we say, hey, you know, we're just going to take a Sunday to, to kind of, uh, now, personally, I, I kind of agree with all that. You know, I agree that, you know what, we Christmas, Easter, these are things that, that are not prescribed in the Word of God. And I would, and this is why we, you know, it's funny because going back to Christmas, when we had a, we had a, we were right in the community center and we had a Christmas tree in, in there. And it wasn't our Christmas tree. It was, uh, you community know, the community centers. center's Christmas tree. And man, I can't tell you all the heat I was getting from the members, you know, saying, yeah. you know, why do we have a Christmas tree in, in the church? Yeah. And I agree with that. You know, at, at Christmas time, you know, we don't force anybody to celebrate Christmas. And, you know, we, we, we take maybe a couple sermons to talk about the incarnation which is a good thing i think anyway but we don't um, you know we don't force anybody any, anybody's yeah. hand to celebrate christmas and yeah. and i think with easter like christmas we're seizing the opportunity we're seizing the opportunity that this is the day that you know people are kind of thinking about these things they're thinking about uh you know the, the resurrection of christ so let's seize the opportunity especially in outreaches you know trying to trying to get people to uh you know to see the resurrection to see what that's all about um so that's what that's what we want to do. And if somebody was saying, you know, I'm just going to seize this opportunity in the church calendar to do this, then that's where I'm saying, you know what, you know, go ahead. You know, as long as you're not, make sure that again, as I said earlier, these these things and that can can make you do it for the wrong reasons. I, I think we got to be careful there. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So what we've talked about before about Christmas and about Easter is that for me, with an evangelistic mindset, right. that I would take that opportunity to try to speak to somebody about Christ. I have never tried to do that with Lent. Um, yeah. It might be interesting. Might be an interesting project next year to see if I can talk to somebody on Ash Wednesday. Hey, can I talk to you about that? About the ashes on your forehead, and let's discuss a little bit about. I I don't know how well that would go off, you know. <laughs> and I, I just, for me, if I can find an opportunity to be able to talk, because Christmas and Easter are really easy subjects to right. talk about with people on the street. Hey, do you know what Easter is about? Hey, do you know what we really celebrate at Christmas time? These are easy things to get into conversations uh, that, that become gospel conversations. Uh, I don't know how I could do that with Len. I want to think about it. Maybe some of our listeners have ideas on that and hmm. throw them at us, man. I would I would love to be able to take an Ash Wednesday and, and turn it into an evangelistic opportunity. Um, if you're if you're hearing us out there and you and you think you have an idea, man, shoot it our way. I'd love to hear it. Right. Let me just read, uh, just kind of go into what I was talking about. Romans chapter 14, uh, verse 5. I think we read it on the podcast before. Uh, one person esteems one day as better than the other, while other another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother, or do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. I think, you know, what Paul's talking about now, he's not talking about the, the weekly Sabbath. The weekly Sabbath is not one of these days where we can say, oh, um, you know, can we take it or leave it? The weekly Sabbath is, is instituted in creation. It's the law of God. So he's not talking. We know he's not talking about that. I think he's talking about these other days that, that a lot of these uh, Jews were observing. Uh, and they were kind of forcing their hand for others to observe. 
we can apply this to Lent. You know, if if someone you know esteems the day or is not fully convinced in their mind, or they they, they want to honor the days or these forty days, and, and they want to eat or not eat, and I think this is where we we got to show a little Christian Christian liberty. Uh, yeah. A little Christian grace in each other, you know, and not kind of just tear down one another and say, "Oh, but you're practicing lit. You're you're from Rome. You're you're a Catholic, and you're doing it wrong." Now they could be again going back to the matter of their heart, but I think you know this is where we kind of maybe want to show a little grace to one another. And, and again, those that are practicing lit, don't look down at, at us that they eat during the forty days. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, yeah. Pastor Chris, I think I'm gonna make some sausage <laughs> yeah. if you want to stick around afterwards. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I think that that's where, you know, we, we you know, I, I kind of wanted to land on that. You know, I, I personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't promote it at the church. I wouldn't, anything that, that smells of Rome, man, to me, I just want to, I want to break away from, you know, that I, I just want to, especially in, in the Latino community. That's why in, in yeah. the, when we do the Apostles' Creed, uh, we don't put the the Catholic Church in there because you know we know that the community that we live in, people are going to come in and say, "Oh, you know, these guys are Catholic." When we know Catholic just means the universal church, universal church but yeah. we we, we kind of omitted that out in our in our creed because we don't we don't want to cause any confusion. I think the same thing would apply to Lent. I, I don't want to cause any confusion. I don't want to start start anything like that at the church or in, implement anything like that at the church because I, I want I want people to know that yeah we've broken away from that. We're Protestants. We 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 uh, believe in the regulative principle. We want to worship God. The way that he's commanded us in scripture uh, but at the same time if someone feels that this is something that's going to benefit them i don't want to be uh the judge of them yeah. gotcha yeah it's, it's good man and, and it's where i land too it's yeah. it's uh one of those things when i look at it i think rome yeah. i think the catholic church uh every time i see i i've I never think episcopalian or lutheran i think rome and so if i if if what we do on a regular basis doesn't point us to christ but points us to rome that's a little bit of an issue for me, right. right? And we really should have an episode on Roman Catholicism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's that's a hairy subject, and there's a, there's some people. We out might there get that, burned at the stake, is yeah. We might get boned. Burned. Well, this is a this was interesting. I enjoyed this week of, of research, though. Actually, uh, as uh, as I was looking forward to this uh, this episode. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. You know, we just wanted to give our thoughts on Lent because you see a lot of stuff flying around online about the subject. So we wanted yeah. to kind of share our thoughts on it. But if you got any questions, any pushback, make sure you hit us up. Go to the website, www.solacast.com or, or thesolacast.com. The or you can find us at, um, at Twitter, uh, at Sola underscore cast. And you're at? At Los Jimmy. And I'm at C Hernandez214. Also at Instagram at Sola underscore cast. Make sure you follow us there. Also, you can find us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook, search at the search bar there, search for Sola Cast. Go ahead and like the page and share the page. And, you know, Jimmy, we're actually on a few more platforms these days. We, we were on, uh, you know, uh, Spotify, on iHeartRadio. You can catch us on um, Google Play. So these are some, some new avenues that's kind of opened up uh, the door for us. And also, make sure you check out the guys from the Bar Network and uh, go to, you can yeah. go to www barnetwork.com yeah you know I'm, I'm starting to you know I, I just totally frank and we talked about this when Dwayne was on the on the podcast that I've listened to Truth and Fire and I've listened to Just Thinking I, I listen to Just Thinking kind of religiously uh, those guys are great uh, but I, I did uh, listen to some uh, of Guys with Bibles this week oh yeah uh, yeah and uh, you know I listened to several of them and uh, they're good man I gotta tell you they, they keep it short they keep it to about 25 to 30 minutes. <laughs> what we want to uh, do. What <laughs> we try to do. <laughs> we try to do that, but we, we can't. Man. We're, we're lengthy. Uh, I, I got to say, but man, I found them to be very interesting and, and good stuff, man. So I, I would say, hey, man, give guys with Bibles a, a listen. 
Um, it's thebarpodcast.com. I'm sorry. Thebarpodcast.com. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and, you know, so I'm going to continue to start listening to some of our compatriots uh, that are on the bar network and, uh, you know, give some give some feedback if, you know, uh, of course, it'll all be good because, you know, hey, we want to be in good. No, <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, um, there you go. Yeah. So also, if you're in the Dallas area, make sure you uh, check us out. We're there every Sunday morning, 1030 a.m. at uh, 3232 Batan Street, Dallas, Texas, 75212. You can find out more about the church at www.ecclesiachurch.org. But anyway, until next time. Let's get to the meat. Let's do it. Okay. I just made this beat right now. I'm MC Goya. Okay, listen. Hey, I'm on the ground like El Chapo in a tunnel, eating about 12 tacos. I'll put you in a box like a gato. Punchline stay in my mouth like Mr. Sacco. Jay thinks he runs Christian hip hop. He wears white socks when he wears his flip flops. And he looks like Shook Knight. I put him in a chokehold and say goodnight. It's not music but clothes that he started. I can find better shirts in a flea market. Okay, Google, who's the best rapper? Goya, rapping graces, full of slackers.